Hey guys, thank you for listening and watching to Mastermind in Your Pocket, where we bring the experts to solve your problems and challenges. Today we have a very special guest, Ryan Walker. He'll be sharing about finding why behind fitness and uncovering the motives behind people's actions. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself, Ryan? Yeah, absolutely. Jump right in there. Jump right in. Uh, Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, So, Ryan Walker, we covered that. Um, I'm a licensed massage therapist and certified personal trainer. Um, I've been doing this for over 10 years. And, you know, fitness really started out kind of as this very kind of superficial approach, right? It was all about, you know, looking good, right? So, as time went on, I started to kind of realize that there was so much more to wellness than just physical fitness, right? That there's psycho-emotional components, spiritual components, there's uh, relationships. These are all different things that need to be kind of optimized within within someone's life, right? And um, that you're not truly well or healthy until you've kind of completed that spectrum, right? So um, so over time, you know, that's why I got into massage therapy was to use that as a bit of a tool. Um, and, and, you know, massage therapy comes with a lot of, you know, physical application and emotional mm-hmm. healing and things like that. So um, really what I've been doing over the years is gathering tools and trying to help people figure out mostly their why. You know, why mm-hmm. it, it's very easy to, to kind of become influenced or impressed upon by society, by your, mm-hmm. by your family, by your friends. Um, and we don't necessarily dig into the actual why behind what it is that we're doing, right? So I encourage people to, to, to first of all, look into uh, a very wonderful TED Talk by Simon Sinek uh, called Finding Your Why. How appropriate, right? So um, it, it's kind of more of an entrepreneurial approach in the TED Talk, but it, I think it has application across the spectrum in all aspects of life. Um, this is a very profound concept because when you sit down and you start to actually ask yourself why you do what you do, you start to kind of peel back the layers down to the foundations, mm-hmm. to the core of, of why you do what you do. And that could be anything from pursuing a fitness program or, or, or why you're, or you're hanging out with particular individuals mm-hmm. and not others, right? Why you choose the peers that you choose. And oftentimes it's influenced or oppressed upon us at a very young uh, age. It's an early childhood issue that we, we might have. So, you know, for example, let's say um, I want to lose weight, right? Well, you have to ask yourself, why do you want to lose weight? Is it because the fitness industry has told you that you need to have six pack abs, that you need to have, mm-hmm. you know, what do you do? Right, exactly. So let's clarify that. Right. So, um, it, you know, it, it's really easy to uh, to kind of just move with the societal norms. Right. So, you know, let's say I want to lose weight. Well, why do you want to lose weight? Well, I want to look better. Well, why do you want to look better? Well, I want to appear more attractive. Well, why? Right. And you can see we can just keep digging and digging and digging until eventually you realize that it's a psycho-emotional issue. It's not even something that right. the individual really wants on a conscious level, but on a subconscious level has masked it with layers of societal impressions and peer impressions. Um, so that's kind of my, my core message today uh, to get out to people and one practice that I would encourage people to, to start doing, and I, I did this, and it's, it's not like you do, the, you do the exercise and all of a sudden everything's better or cured, but um, it is something that takes consistent practice. Um, and sit down and list out your values, or better yet, think of someone that you idolize in your life and, and, and extract as many of those qualities as you can on paper. Make bullet points. Why is this individual so powerful? How does he or she <laughs> show up in relationships? How does he or she treat his or her body, right? These are all questions that you should ask yourself. Mm-hmm. And then sit down and say, well, what am I doing that is keeping me consistent or in alignment with those values and principles, right? Mm-hmm. And then it starts to become glaringly obvious, well, nothing. I'm not doing anything, <laughs> right? Yeah. So to be consistent with, with, with those values. So I would encourage people to look beyond the superficial aspects and components of health and wellness um, or fitness and, and start asking yourself a little bit more uh, about the why. And I think what's a really interesting example here is religion, right? So what keeps people so involved in their religion? Well, it's, it's a set of core values and principles that are laid out, you know, across their life that, that keeps them consistent with living a lifestyle that is in alignment with their religion. Mm-hmm. And I say people need to create their own religion around, around health, around wellness, around family, around relationships. Mm-hmm. So that's a very powerful, you know, undertaking. And of course that, you know, that takes time to develop that, but sit down and, and say, what does the ideal version of myself, what is the highest version of myself look like? How does he or she act? And every day wake up and look at this list and say, what am I going to do today to become just a little more um, consistent with those values? And, um, 
you know, every day, if you look at every day as a stepping stone toward the, the larger goal, the larger picture, it gives your day a whole new sense of fulfillment and meaning. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing. So, what, about, what about the social uh, reasons? Because they, they exist too. I mean, it, uh, there is a difference how you're viewed when you have six pack and when you don't. Right, right. So what do you do with that? Because there is, I, I agree, I, I agree with you with the whole the deeper meaning, but there's also the social meaning. And I like when I've done this personal growth and development program with what we were talking about earlier. It really talks about breaking down the meaning, but I felt like I kind of lost touch because I didn't. I, I and I still don't quite connect with people because I've dismantled so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so what do you do then? Because having a, we're using the six pack abs makes right. a difference. Right. It really does socially. Really yeah, so that, that I guess the six pack abs kind of give you this. And uh, we're just talking about that in general. Right, right. We're yeah. using that as an example. Tone, your tone, your yeah. bulk, your you right, know, whatever, right. whatever your goal is. Right. Well, there's no, there's no denying that having six pack abs or muscle tone is, is reflective of, in, in most cases, not all of them, you know, probably good physical health. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, the way somebody shows up in, you know, in that kind of sphere, right? It, it, they give off this this kind of image of health. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess what I'm saying is, don't try to conform to that approach just because you feel like it's what's expected of society or your peer group. If you can get to the more fundamental roots reason behind why you want the six pack abs, because for let's say for example, you know I want to be fit. Well, why? Because I want to exude an image um, of health and wellness that other people will take as a model. And that I can be an, an, an idol in other people's lives. So now all of a sudden, you having six-pack abs has a very um, impressionable uh, or, or makes a very strong impression on those around you, mm-hmm. right? So I guess what I'm saying is just try to get to just dig a little bit deeper, right? Um, and try and figure out why it is what you're doing and what you're pursuing. And, and the six-pack abs we said as an example, but sure. – um, does that well, so many, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, what's cool is that I used to have this pressure around looking a certain way to fit those social norms. And when I actually got what I was committed to, I'm not committed to looking a certain way. I'm committed to being healthy. So um, I've actually like gained weight, especially like after a baby. But the thing is, like, I have nothing about it now. I like don't have stress. I'm not judging myself in the mirror. Like, I'm really happy with how I am and I'm appreciating the fact that I'm nursing my daughter and I'm probably going to have a couple more pounds because I just get so hungry. Like, you know, when I lose weight, I lose milk supply. So I'm like, this Mm. is where my body's at. And before I would have totally judged it like, Mm. oh my gosh, how many pants have I thrown away? (laughs) And like my hips are different and like, you know, my tummy's sad. And I'm actually like really satisfied. So it took the pressure away from me because I know that what I'm committed to Mm-hmm. is being healthy and celebrating the extraordinary um, accomplishment of breastfeeding, mm-hmm. which takes something. It really does take a lot. So anyway, that's what I got from finding my commitment mm-hmm. versus like having to have it look a certain way. Right, absolutely. Yeah, and I, and I, I've seen it like for myself is that I've seen both. Like I'm saying, I've seen like the or, because where I can relate to you is uh, the way my house looks. Mm. There was a point, and my friends come over. I mean, and I, you're welcome to come over. Sometimes I've been, like, grumpy. I'm not so grumpy. <laughs> my friends come over, and they're out here. But a lot of times they criticize how my house looks. Wow. Because it's not, it's not fancy. It's not remodeled. Mm. There's not new tile. I don't really – that's not my priority. Priority is answering the phone for my dad mm. or taking care of them or – figuring out how to pay their bills or mm-hmm. all that. The tiles, low. But there's a social cost to it. That's, that's why I was bringing that up. And I haven't been able really to find the balance. Like, I just, I came to the decision, you know what? The house looks the way it does. Right. It won't look that way once it doesn't. Like, okay. all this stuff is bugging the crap out of me now. Right. But I came to a place I had to just, okay, this is how it looks. You're going to complain? I'm kicking you out. Mm-hmm. Fast. Right. Right. You have one warning. Yeah. Any more, you're done. Right. In fact, I'm thinking about kicking you out. Yeah. But um, well, it's just little things like uh, like that bathroom hasn't been fixed. 
for a while, right? Mm. But it's not a priority. I'm mm-hmm. loaded up. So the social consequence is that is it just that you like what is the I'm not totally getting Well there's a social there's a social uh, You mean that people like might look down on you? Like well they do. It's not like they might they, they do. might. There are some people okay. that will be like uh uh, this is why I like I don't want to hear criticism, and if I'm off track here, you're welcome to take me off. Okay. Just, just start over, but I don't think I am. But you know, people criticize me about uh, how the show looks or this or that, right? Um, you do lose some people if you don't have six pack abs, hmm. or you're not fit, or you're 100 pounds overweight. Well, what the I social hear, cost? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, I, what I hear you saying, Ryan, is that um, like there's it's if you pursue fitness aligned with your values versus mm-hmm. trying to please some social crowd, yep. you know that you're going to be fulfilled in that. Right. right. And, and it won't matter what people think. Yeah. And the other thing I would say is if that loses people, that's not aligned commitment. Mm-hmm. And okay. But that's what I would say. I'm like, if me not having a six pack or whatever, you know, or fitting into my skinny jeans loses you, then this is not. We're just not, we don't have a line to commit them. Right, and and there's, you know, we're social beings, right? That's that's how we operate in tribes. I mean, for evolutionarily speaking, we're not very different from the, the uh, hunter-gatherer ancestors that we have, right? So with that said, we get to choose, as we're at one point in time we didn't, or else we were ostracized yeah. for a tribe that was a real danger. So that's why people hold oh, yeah. belonging to a social group. So mm-hmm. it's almost like a fight-or-flight kind of thing, right? Because if I don't have my group, even though today it doesn't matter, right? Because we're in a high-functioning society. But... Um, you get to choose your groups these days. You get to choose your social crowd, and that's why it's so important. I, I think it's incredibly important. The uh, what's it called? The, the phrase um, "You are the sum of the five people you spend your time with." I think that's so true. Mm. And but the beauty in that is you get to choose that. So if you choose people who want to, don't they don't value you as much because maybe you don't look as aesthetically pleasing as they would like you to. You know, obviously those probably aren't people that you want to be spending your time with or surrounding yourself with. However, you can surround yourself with people who might encourage you. Like you were talking mm-hmm. about, you know, getting into a triathlon or training for a triathlon. So what do you do? You surround yourself with people who want to train for triathlon. So that's the beauty in, in, in having the ability of choice. And I encourage people to, to choose people who are going to hold you up to a, to a higher moral standard and, uh, and be there holding you accountable, but in a very construct, in a, in a, uh, constructive way. Mm-hmm. Great. Community is everything. That's awesome. Yeah. Great. Cool. Okay, so what I'm I'm Elizabeth Servi. I'm a life coach and sign language interpreter, and today I'm going to talk about choosing inspiring and effective goals. Um, starting with kind of segueing from Ryan's topic. So, um, if you know what you want to do, the first thing there's three steps that I'm going to relate to choosing inspiring and effective goals. First of all, you know what is it that you think you want, and then really looking at your why. So, um, for example. Uh, I'm interested in training for a triathlon and that's what I want is to looking at why I'm like, well, I would get to meet some cool new people. If I plug into a social group, um, I would have the bragging rights. Okay. And, um, it excites me like, Oh, that would be really hard. Like, yeah, that's just really exciting for me. is like doing something hard. Um, also kind of related to the bragging rights thing. Um, but also I like I like developing myself. So, um, those are some of my why. The other thing is I love being in great shape. I really want to be in great shape. I want to, um, uh, let's see, those are pretty good. We'll start with those. So those are what I want is the triathlon and why are all these other reasons. Now the part you want to do to make sure you're going the right direction is look at, take your why and ask yourself, is it in alignment with my highest values? Is there anything about it that detracts from my highest values? Is there anything about it that competes with my highest values? So, um, for example, um, I want to hang out with cool people uh, that are doing hard things. Um, Okay, so I do have a value for connecting with people, so it's aligned with that. On the other hand, my highest priority is to make sure that I'm mothering my kids in a way that they come first. So that could compete. So that's just kind of like a risk factor. It's not a deal breaker, but I look at that. So you want to look at that as you're going through this process. Um, another, let's see, so I want to hang out with cool people. I also, um, want to look great. Uh, there's nothing in my highest values that have anything to do with looking great. 
So, um, could that detract from the hedge values? Yeah. Uh, let's see. It seems like it could. It seems like a bad goal. Anyways, um, <laughs> I'm not coming up with anything. So, I think it's okay. Well, I have to ask, but so it's actually on the court. What do you mean by that? Like, how so, what I mean being, is, like, how could being in shape of a triathlon compete with your hardest meeting? I'm looking at the why behind it, and if the why is in alignment with my values. Okay, so one of the reasons I want to do it is I want to be in great physical condition, and I think that would get me, like, that would significantly raise my level of fitness, okay? So um, looking great is one of the reasons I want to do that, right? Um, it doesn't, like, looking great wouldn't, it's like, looking great doesn't compete with my values, right? Like, there's nothing about looking great that takes away from positive, positive things in the world. There's nothing about looking great that detracts from the people in my life. Um, so I guess it's okay. And if I might add too, you know, sometimes things are, again, on a superficial level, it just, it's just a triathlon, right? Mm -hmm. But that can be very symbolic of many other pursuits in your life, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it might be just a race, but there, you know, there are certain milestones involved that push your character to a new mm -hmm. level, right? It forces you to adapt to, to, uh, to a new level of, of discipline or of um, your ability to pursue and, and ambition. Exactly. So it's, it's symbolic, really. You know? Yeah, and all of those things, like the requiring more of myself and the development in myself to succeed, those all uh, inspire me. Like that's, mm -hmm. Those are one of the whys, is I want to develop myself right. um, on all those really high levels or like spiritually and emotionally and, mm -hmm. you know, um, see myself persevere on something that mm -hmm. difficult. Okay, so... Um, there was one other why. Uh, that's pretty good. So that's how you want to look at your goal from the why is really analyze um, the underlying why, like Ryan talked about in detail, and, and then look at, okay, is this a match for my values? Um, if not, you tweak your goal. Just you, you can pick something that will clearly, you know, um, allow you to live your values in the world and be physically fit. Okay, so that's the first part is making sure you're going the right direction. The second part is SMART goals. It's an acronym, very, very easy to find online. Is it specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound? Um, so as far as the triathlon, that would look like it's very specific, but to make it more specific, I could say I'm going to do either a sprint triathlon or an Olympic. A sprint's like a baby triathlon. Um, and let's see, it's like 700-meter like swim. You said sprint. It's called a, it's kind of oh, triathlon. It's called a sprint. A it's certain distance. Like mm -hmm. Yep. It's like 700 meters of swimming, a 12 mile bike ride and running a 5k. Mm. Then there's the Olympic, which is twice that. So swimming 1500 meters, um, biking 25 miles and running a 10k. Um, so specifically, which one am I going to do and when? Um, is it measurable? Yes. That's clearly measurable. Do I do the triathlon or not? Um, is it achievable? Um, so for me, I just have to really look at I'm uh, what date, like what would it take, and this is going to take some research on my part because I've never done it before, what would it take to be at that fitness level, for example, for a sprint triathlon, and what is, what is it going to take to get to that fitness level before August? I'm looking at one in maybe the middle of August, end of summer. Um, so that's with your fitness goals, you really want to look at is it achievable? And for example, for me, um, I'm not a swimmer. I cannot drown, but I'm not, I don't know like the right way to swim. So it's going to take some training, a lot, a lot of practice, but also like some actual, like another person being like, no, don't do this, do this. And some YouTube That's videos, true. like, right, right. Like basically a swim coach or a trainer, somebody who can teach me how to swim like properly for distance. Um, I just have to look at, okay. And is that achievable? Is finding a pool near my house is spending the time is paying a coach, like all that stuff. Um, the next one is relevant, and that's kind of like, is it in line with what you're already committed to in life? Um, we already talked about that. So uh, you just want to, you do want to look at that in detail. And the final one is time bound. So for me, if I say by August 18th, I'm going to run a sprint triathlon, that, that puts it in, on the calendar. Um, and it is time bound. And I created a worksheet for, well, I'll go into that in the end, because there's one more step. Um, so... Make sure you're in the right direction. Create your goal there as a SMART goal, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. And then the final part is connect with others. Um, so I'm going to do a one, two, three. So find one accountability partner. Like 
preferably someone who has the same goal or is along those lines, right? Like I might connect with someone who's trying to go for a long distance bike race, but we have, we're, on, we're both training for a race. We're both have the biking component to talk about, but find an accountability partner. Totally. He told me he's like an expert. I, yeah, I didn't know where that picture. I think you were just, I think you were just taking a picture, but there was a rock, and you were like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was kind of funny. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yep. Now you're yeah. Yeah. So Ryan knows all about triathlons, so he would be a, a great accountability buddy for me. Um, what do you yeah. say, Ryan? I'm, I'm in. Bring it on. <laughs> great. So we just met today, so um, that's awesome. I'm excited. Um, so find an accountability buddy who can really support you. Um, the other, let's see, you want to, um, I remember my number three, number two real quick. So, oh yeah, invite two people to join you. So find one accountability buddy, invite two people to come on with you, whether or not they do, and then um, find three friends that can like be your cheerleaders, that you can kind of, the, they, the, you tell them you're doing it, and you know at the end they're going to be like, so how'd it go, you know, what was your time? So at least, so at least five people? Yes, six total. So you got your accountability buddy, the two people you're inviting to do it with you, and then three people who you're telling, like, hey, guess what I'm doing, and share it with people in your life. So that's the final step is connect with others. And I created a worksheet for you to do this around any fitness goal. You can find it at www.elizabeththeinterpreter.com. It'll be under the blog. Cool. Good stuff. Awesome. Cool. Adam? Any questions or comments? Yeah, do you have any, yeah, any questions or comments? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised because you always have the, yeah, but what about this? Well, I kind of want to hear, like, uh, I'm kind of more gentle with Elizabeth. Sometimes I'm really aggressive. Sometimes I'm too aggressive. Right? Sometimes I'm too aggressive. Uh, what, what, like, what are, you, what are you taking action now? Yes, I found a swim coach. I found a pool near my house. I found out their like required number of months to join. Like I am taking action. To join to do triathlon? Yeah, well no, to swim. Like to practice. Oh, I found a triathlon. I'm thinking about the Jordan L. So, um, but what I don't know yet is like if it's uh, achievable. So I don't know if I actually like I haven't mapped out. Like when you see my worksheet, you'll see that. You actually take go from the end, like put the end goal and the end date, then go to the middle and say, what would I have to do by the middle on that date? And then go to today and like, now what are all the workouts and all the people and all the money and da 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 to get from here to there? Now is it achievable? So I haven't done all of that work yet, but I have definitely how's, taken action. How's it look at this point? I'm overly self-confident with no information, and I say I can do it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's not from school. Just go for it. Just yeah, go for it. For it. Uh, no, and then you as you work. go, as you go, <laughs> you start figuring out, okay, I need this. Oh, man, why did I decide to do this? Whatever. <laughs> and then I start plucking in people. But so it, when depends, you start it, depends on, it depends on the plan, too. It depends on the situation. Like uh, having Vin Diesel on my show. Okay, great. Great. Okay, good. I was going to ask, like, if your goal is specific. So, to have Vin Diesel on your show by a certain date is specific, right? Um, but that when you when you start out with the goal and you're just like, just go for it, do you, have you created the end result really clearly in your mind? Mm-hmm. Kind of my question. Okay, mm-hmm. good, because that's super powerful and important mm-hmm. to actually get into that is to know where you would be getting to. The <laughs> trick is, I, I notice, is the how. Like, uh, what you're talking about, I'm not saying it's simple, but it seems more simple because the people that can, the people that have been diesel on their show won't talk to you, right? They're busy having uh, Brad Pitt or. Uh, so can I stop you right there uh, and name? challenge you? I don't know. Do it, do it, do it. <laughs> so when you say the people who have been diesel on their show won't talk to you, mm-hmm. what I'd rather you say that might be more powerful is like I haven't been effective in getting them to talk to me, and then you're looking mm-hmm. for a tool instead of it's outside of me. I'm, I don't have any power. I haven't been so that, in getting them to talk so, to me. So that's something I've seen in the in the coaching industry uh-huh. is using language like that. I don't see the language that way. Uh-huh. I'm just the suggesting language. that might give you. Yeah, sure. And thank you, thank you. Okay, that. okay. But yeah. I'm, I'm what I'm saying is that when I say that, I don't mean they won't talk to me because I ask them still. Uh-huh. 
They haven't talked to me. What do you mean when you say that? Well, they haven't talked to me yet. Oh, oh got it. Okay, 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 okay. I have yeah. impressed upon them a desire for them, like, oh, yeah, Adam Tazzy, of course. Yeah, of course. Put it through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me this sooner? They're calling me. I picture them calling me. So when I say that, maybe for, for people, you know, people listening, I need to change the language. But when I say it, like, if I say try, I mean try. Like, like we talked about in the industry, we're talking about try, not not using the word try. Have you guys heard that before? Well, do or do yeah. not, there is no try. I've heard that. Yeah. I don't see it that way because you do try to do stuff. And then you keep trying and you do succeed at doing things. It depends on how, what you, how you have, what you're attached to the word, I think. Yeah, the um, connotation. The connotation, mm-hmm. right? Like right. if you use the F word, how you're using it. Right. Or, or whatever. To be complimentary. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Many applications yeah. that up for you. Um, yeah, I'm talking about friends. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. I, oh, my first day on the show. So <laughs> um, use the language that works for you, but, but, but keep then, looking but, but for... Elizabeth, oh, gave yeah. me a, Elizabeth gave me a good point. She's not. She doesn't hear that, which I haven't heard that before. Because in my mind, yeah, I say try. And I do talk about try. You don't try to do something. You do something. But for me, when I try to, yesterday I went on a hike uh, run. I ran and hiked. I don't know why it took me so long, though. Because I, I ran more than usual. But it was, it was wet. The train was wet. I'm pretty sure that was it. Because yeah. I have to be like, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, I try to run with a 50-pound pack, uh, 2.4 miles, what it says. Um, I did it, though. But in my mind, something I'm going to try to do this. But I already know I'm going to do it. Because there, but at one point, and I'll, I'll go into what I'm talking about. Were you done? Okay. Yep. At one point, I um, went to... Uh, Try not to let but Elizabeth was doing distraction. But I went to, went to, at one point I was going, I was like, oh, I'm exhausted today. Why am I so tired? And I was only like a, a quarter of the way up. Um, I, where I run up City Creek uh, Canyon. Um, and I was so tired. And for a moment I thought about going back, but I'm like, no. And then I think about trying, but I know I'm going to complete it. I know I'll do it because I've done it maybe a thousand times by now. Yeah. But to that day I was just tired. But I noticed from that I actually exploded and I started running more. Mm-hmm. And I was sweaty. And uh, like when they say sweaty, I was really sweaty. Not just kind of sweaty. Because right. I had to prepare for the, the weather and sometimes uh, like I'm stripping all my clothes off. Not all my clothes, but <laughs> I'm stripping my clothes because I get so hot when you first start. It's cold. Because mm-hmm. it was kind of chilly when I went, I went in the evening. Um, so the connotation of how it looks for you. And so I was committed to doing that run and completing it. And I, I say about doing the run is that I can't quit halfway up because what I'm going to do is stop there. That's one of the things I like about the run is like, even if I quit halfway up, I still have to come back. I can't just sit there. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, I can take my backpack off and I just leave it there. And I, I've done that once, but I didn't come back and get it. But it was so wet and so much drain. I had 100 pounds on me, and I had a 50-pound pack on, on the back and the front. And I, it felt like it felt like a turtle buzz on the, and I was doing this. <laughs> and I could not get up because it was so slick. Uh-huh. But it peeled one off and then just kind of dragged one up, and I was just it just kicked my butt. That was like last. It is, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's why I do it. So when I get that, but when I tell a lot of people, they think I'm crazy. I'm like, oh, let no. yeah. <laughs> it is, it is. And it's not a mountain, but there's hills right, and stuff. Right. And it's a, it's a 500 foot uh, elevation increase that I do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm by myself sometimes, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to, there's a hilly, there's a slippery hilly part, and I'm like mm-hmm. screaming, ah, I'm just by yeah, myself. Yeah. Sometimes people are like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Ah! <laughs> you know, when I get up there, ah, the endorphin rush and the yeah. sense of achievement, it's huge. And I can't be done then. So when you're committed to something, you have to go through it. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, if you're actually committed, I think that's the biggest problem we have with probably everything. Um, marriages, uh, losing weight, having that six-pack ab, um, taking care of my parents, whatever. Like, I was the good thing you brought that up. I had a six-pack ab, and then I started taking care of my parents, letting it emotionally cripple me. Mm-hmm. That didn't work out or eat quite as good. I was still working out right. three days, four days a mm-hmm. week, not as, as aggressively as I was. Yeah. And I have to work aggressive to achieve that. Right. And I've noticed that with my body type. Mm-hmm. But if you're committed to something, you don't stop. So I was committed to exercising and staying in shape, but I obviously wasn't committed to the six-pack. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're really committed... Uh, one huge part that I've noticed is that it's great to get motivated. It's great to feel good. It's great to get like really into it and like, yeah, and, and look at all the benefits of it. But one big part of commitment is all that, in my view, it doesn't matter. If you're committed, you're committed. I didn't really want to go last night, but I did too. Right? Right. Um, I didn't want to keep going, but I did because I was committed to completing that run. I was committed to doing a couple videos because I, I usually do them when I'm exercising. And um, it doesn't matter how you feel, but stick to that commitment. And if something isn't working for you, try to make it work, but stick to that commitment. Yeah, and if I could just make yeah, really please, no, 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 please. Um, it actually kind of lends itself to what both of you have said. So if you look at a spectrum. On one end of the spectrum, you've got rigidity. And on the other end of the spectrum, you've got chaos. Look a little closer. Yes. And on the other end, you've got chaos, right? So right in the middle, we're looking for flexibility. That's really ideal. Because a lot of people fall off the wagon, so to speak, when they, they're too rigid, right? They're, they're slaves to their own yeah. schedule. Oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't do this at this time. I didn't run this 5K at this time. But then you've got, for my fellow woo-woo people out there, right? You've got this kind of idea of, well, you've got manifestations. Some people believe in manifestation, which I do through visualization. But there's also a scientific component to that. So there's this amazing book called Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. And it talks about the reticular activating system and how we, we, if we draw attention to something, it becomes more prominent in our mind, right? Like when you buy the new car, right? We've all heard that example. And all of a sudden, it's everywhere. It was always there, but now your reticular activating system seeks it out. So the, the author of the book suggests that the, the brain is a goal-seeking mechanism. So the reason I bring this up is you can either be very rigid because that works for some people, mm-hmm. or just by simply keeping something in mind is almost mm-hmm. powerful enough because he likens the mind to a goal-seeking organism or a, uh, no, no, what's the word, uh, a heat-seeking missile, right? Because it's going to go off track, but it's ultimately going to hit, hit the point. Mm-hmm. So the reason I tell people this is if you're not the very rigid militaristic type and, you, you know, you don't do well with schedule, I mean, that's something that ultimately we can all practice and become more proficient at, um, you can at least start drawing attention to things. Mm-hmm. And that particular activating system will, in a subconscious way, drive you in directions that get you closer to the goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I thought I would just speak to both ends of the spectrum there. Yeah, and cool. so yeah, yeah, he, he, he explained us perfectly, right? You guys are pretty rigid. I'm right about the schedule. You are too, right? right? I'm a little more like the... He, yeah, well, I've got the goal. I'll get there, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, i got to do this. So, uh, yeah, that's perfect. And I, I talk about that too, like if you're trying to eat healthy, trying to, uh, like workout is an es- escalating goal. So you want to stop drinking uh, 64 ounces, 100 ounces of Diet Coke a day. So take one out. The next day, take another one out. Or next week, take another one out. Because what's important is that you're building those synapse structures and those pathways in your brain that you already built. You have to unbuild them. When you suddenly switch, you might not be able to stick to it. So I tell my clients to gradually change their diet, and they're usually healthy and eating healthy once they leave me and they stick with it, from what I've seen. Um, so, you know, that's what I've said about that. Um, if you want to just change it, then change it. But a lot of times I've seen people change it. They have a goal, you know, like a triathlon or a wedding or something. They do that. They're right back to how they were. Oh, I can do this. Oh, I can do that. Um, uh, one, one thing, like if you're stuck about 
uh, how you're feeling about something like uh, 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 the, my my dad was calling me and he's confused and he doesn't recognize my mom and he wants my company and connection, but one of the things I learned was that you just celebrate that feeling because you're alive. Like, you are alive, so you get to experience the feeling of uh, being uh, depressed or overwhelmed or sad or rejected or whatever it is. So you just celebrate, like, yeah, I have that feeling of grace. I'm alive.
from a neuroplasticity standpoint on the brain, when you are feeling, let's say, you know, you're down, you're in a negative state, um, what you can do is reverse reverse that by by calling mm-hmm. gratitude into your life. You know, making being mindful of maybe three to five or more things that you have in your life, um, and what that does is that actually physically changes the neural synaptic connections. Mm-hmm. And and they found that through enough. Uh, application of that consistency, you can completely change your mind, like literally. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you might, you know, consider doing. And it's, but again, that might require the the reminder on the phone, or the alarm on the mm-hmm. phone, because it's hard. I mean, it's we live in a chaotic world. You know, we're constantly got stuff going on, and so it, it might be important to remind yourself. You know, on the hour, get some sort of app that reminds you every hour. To, to just call to your attention three to five things that you appreciate and that you're you know, grateful for. Yeah, and bring teamwork to it. Um, my sisters and I, we actually do three a day. And I forget sometimes. Like a group check? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get their notifications. And it is we just do, we don't even say I'm grateful for it anymore. We just list the three things. So the funniest things will pop up on my phone. But then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's gratitude. And so it, that's yeah. cool structure for me. Super oh, cool. man, one that's been just life-changing for me is I'll write personalized letters to people, you know, and just tell them how much they mean to me. I'll get on something like Facebook, you know, and I'll, I'll pick random people. And, and the most important, I think, most powerful uh, approach you can take is pick people that otherwise wouldn't realize how much they mean to you in their mm-hmm. life. You know, people who are just, you went to high school with them and they were just your pal, and, you know, you were always happy to see them. And, and you just, you know, hey, man, I really appreciated you in high school. You know, you're always in a good mood. You're always cheering me up. You know, you're, you're a good person. I'm, I'm glad to have you in my life. I can't tell you the gratitude you feel. And imagine how that person, the recipient on that end, they could be having the worst day of their life, and all of a sudden they pull up Facebook and there's a message telling them how amazing they are and how valued they are, mm-hmm. you know, and they had no idea. So that has been a, a just a tremendous source of gratitude for me. So I encourage anybody listening to try that out. Cool. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it does change the, the whole celebrate thing. Changes how you feel and makes you grateful mm-hmm. for it. It's exactly you spoke to it. I didn't realize that that's what I'm doing, but being grateful for that feeling yeah. and it usually changes it mm-hmm. and even if it doesn't change it the truth is you're celebrating that feeling you're having that experience mm-hmm. right so celebrate that experience because you're going to have good stuff too and you should definitely celebrate that yeah um one of the things i do is i can get a parking spot you know whenever whatever i watch i've watched the ticket like 500 times mm-hmm. whatever reason i really got it when you set a parking spot. <laughs> I haven't figured out how to do it for a million dollars yet because I have I do have it that it's harder and takes more effort and time and blah blah blah. But I you, if you drive with me, if you're friends and we can go hang out, my friends start is that true, David? They start expecting me to get the closest parking spot. <laughs> oh yeah. I'd expect all the cars to get out of my way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My great grandmother, by the way, she would write a letter a day to her ad somebody in her address book, and she would go through her entire address book, wow. you know, over and over and over. And she kept these relationships alive with people all over the nation. She never had to pay for a place to stay. Because mm-hmm. she had yeah. relationships with all these people, mm-hmm. so it's amazing just the connection and the networking. Mm-hmm. I actually want to do that. Facebook is easier. Though. Well, you can yeah. do that. You can do that. I from CEO space, I have a lot of a lot of friends from there. But keep in mind, sometimes you're not gonna like where you're staying. certain goals, you look at it and it changes. <laughs> you like look at the camera and then it talks about you. Okay, so um, how do you stay on the path and how do you keep creating games that you enjoy playing? A lot of people give up, like Adam said, after they've gone to the wedding or won the marathon or lost the weight or whatever. Or other things show up and then that game just kind of goes on the back burner. So what's super important is, and it's very easy, but just 
knowing what the game is that you're playing and creating that intentionally. So a lot of my clients, I say, you know, how do you know what your future is? Um, and they're like, well, I don't know. You know, and they usually say, well, my future is, and they say all their dreams, like what mm-hmm. they want their future to be. And I'm like, so do you know that that's not actually your future? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, look at what you have now. Like, look at what you're experiencing now, how you view yourself, how you feel about life, the results you've produced. That's your future. Because nothing's going to change unless if you actually put in reality a structure to change it. And in other words, take new action. Take new action. Like, you have to actually be playing the right game. So you're winning the game you're playing. And if you have results in your life that you're not fully satisfied with or aren't your ideal, like you guys are talking about, get your vision of what is your ideal self and who you want to be and what you want your life to look like. So if that's not showing up, you're playing a different game other than the one you're wanting to play. So actually just having awareness around that is really great. And if it's not intentional, if I don't have a date on the calendar, a smart goal, or I don't know what my ideal is and what I'm shooting for, default is going to happen. Whatever game I play by default. And that's the results you have right now. So a lot of people aren't satisfied. They're not where they want to be yet. But it stays in the future as this someday, you know, reality, very vague. It's not mm-hmm. right. I call, measurable. I call it uh, someday never. Someday never. Mm-hmm. Totally. And it's like, you know, that's what Heber often says, you know, um, is it a dream or a goal? No, you're just dreaming, (laughs) you know. So even when you accomplish something, always having the next game that you want to be playing that's pulling you forward is really important. And if that's, you know, you write it on a sticky note and put it, like, you've got to have structures to keep it present. So even if it's, you know, writing it down and posting it somewhere or putting it in the calendar or, you know, obviously there would be steps hopefully you'd be taking weekly, you know, to play that game. But you got to keep creating it. And oftentimes that's where I crash is I achieve something awesome and then then what? You know, and I kind of go through withdrawals. I just accomplished this great thing. Um, what is that saying? We hear it often at Landmark. Um, Yesterday's transformation is today's ego trip. So it's like it's not even reality anymore. Great. Celebrate it. Keep going. Like play a new game. It can be really fun. Um, And also accounting for, you know, um, what did I say the other day? Dynamic. Games are dynamic and life is dynamic. So being super rigid about here's how I have to win my game. Here's how it has to look. Here's all the structures I have to use. A lot of people end up killing off opportunities that will actually get them to their goal because they're attached to how they think it has to look. So giving up the attachment and keeping the end goal in mind, you know, it's very dynamic. So you're going to have to go on rabbit trails, you know. I mean, think of it like a, um, who is it? It's like a crocodile Dundee or an Indiana Jones. Like it's an adventure, you know. Like there's all these sabotage things that come by. Oh, well. I don't know. How old you know, are you? Okay, Pokemon Go just started adding quests. Okay. Yeah, and they're pretty fun. Oh, there's like great. three. Yeah, and there's a side quest, right? Well, is that like you know you go find Pokemon on Pokemon Go? It's the mobile game. Cool. Okay, great. There could be a Pikachu. Just added quests. Yeah. I do love the side quests.
What are you doing? Meanwhile? You know what I mean? Like, just press yeah. the baby one. So, I don't know. Does that make sense? It does. So, I love saying that you, what's perfect about that is you have created structures that you know are going to win your game. And what I'm saying is, if you get disempowered by not being able to keep that structure, mm-hmm. um, you're going to lose the game because you're disempowered. So, a way to kind okay. of stay empowered is okay, cool, I can't do it three times this week or I can't have that specific trainer or I have to do it in a roundabout way, you basically just say, okay, well, the accomplishment is still surviving the triathlon, (laughs) right? And you can actually create new structures and navigate those different changes. And that's where I would usually lose my games is how I, all the structures I created, they're not always going to work. I promise you, your game's not going to go the way you think it's going to go. And if you can actually... Yes, have the people still live on my show. Yeah. That's what I meant by yes. pride. Yeah. Yes, so if you can actually just adapt to that and keep the end goal in mind, the accomplishment that you're wanting, not I fulfilled all, all my structures. structures. Okay. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, that's that's powerful. If um, Something that I always encourage people to think about is to kind of go back to their childhood. You know, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Jean-Claude Van Damme and Jackie Chan. I, sl- I would sit in front of the TV and I would play the fight scenes in slow motion. And- really? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. So I would go, when I learn, uh, well, yeah, oh, I, I, I'm undefeated when it comes to the movie. I'm like, world champion shadow boxer. So, um, I think so, you were practicing that in my living room yesterday. I may have been. You're probably just touchy. But, uh, so, so um, the reason I encourage people to go back to that time in their life is because there was no boundary around imagination. And that really is important. I mean, obviously, to an extent, we have to you know, curve it a little bit because we don't want to seem too insane, right? But it's really important to, I think, create a theme around your life. Because when I went to school, I was, in my mind, I was Jackie Chan. I was Jean-Claude Van Damme, you know? And I was so deeply entrenched in, in imagination that it became my reality. And if you think about it, everything is a lens that is been created as a result of our lifestyles, of our, of our childhood, of, you know, influences in our life. So the reality is if I see a tree outside, it's objectively a tree. But to me, that tree represents something different based on me as an individual. So what I'm getting at is create your own theme around goal orientation. You know, maybe turn yourself into a superhero. And it was like, what, you know, turn your obstacles and your challenges as, as uh, what would you call it, an adversary. Right. Or, you know, how would my highest version, we talked about this earlier, you know, respond to this particular obstacle mm-hmm. and turn it into a game, turn it into a movie and make it exciting. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I think it's Joe Rogan. He talks about, you know, being the 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 narrator of your own movie or being known or being the star of your own movie. You know, and if you just think about that, everything outside in your, of your reality is it's all part of the set. Right. And you're the star of the show. You know, I think when you really look at things that way. It's more fun for people to pursue their goals. When you I love that. that. Somebody once told me um, when I'm discouraged by like something pops up and it's like totally killing off what I, you know, intended to create, you know, like yell plot change, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> never yelled at me or this happened. Or, plot change, you know, Yeah. So. Anything else you got? 
No, how how do we do? We did good. Very happy. Ryan, thank you for being on the show today. We appreciate it. If you could tell us again what you do and how uh, people could reach you. Yeah, so um, right now I'm just focusing on, uh, well, ultimately I'm trying to build kind of a virtual health and wellness coaching. Oh, try. Oh, I did use the trend, didn't I? Um, I am in the process of building a virtual. Uh, yeah, health, this has been constructed for me as well. Uh, health and wellness uh, coaching. And um, as of now, I'm just living up in Park City doing personal training, massage therapy, and a few little other things on the side. Um, I have a website. It's kind of more geared toward the, the Park City area, but nevertheless, you can reach me there. It's uh, coachryan.me. It's me, myself. Um, there are people that are in Park City that watch the show. Perfect. There's people all over the world that watch or listen to the show. Fantastic. I love it. Kind of technology. Um, so yeah, CoachRyan.me. Uh, you can get all my information off of there, and I would love to develop more of a you know a clientele base around helping on this coaching. It's ultimately kind of what brings me fulfillment. So great. So thank you for having me on the show and giving me the opportunity. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And if you want to reach McCall, you can by and what do you do also, McCall? Yes, I'm a master nutritionist um, trained in functional medicine, so it's different than just a holistic or conventional doctor that you might go to. We get to the root cause, and we um, use whatever tool is going to address that root cause the most effectively. So I teach you to get symptom-free and manage that for your life, Um, and then I do trauma processing work. So you know, grief and trauma, um, we do a lot of work around that that really, really works. Um, we've been able to disappear PTSD in about two weeks um, and track the clients over years, and it's sustainable. So I'm really excited about what I do. Um, you can message me on Facebook or email me at info at integritywellness.org. And I want to put a plug in for Ryan. Um, Ryan's awesome because a lot of, you know, so the movement industry can get very general. And the body work industry, like massage and chiropractic, can get very general. So they kind of just do the same thing with everybody. Um, And that is why it's not always reliable, in my opinion. Some people get better some of the time. And so what he does is kind of more functional-based as well, where he's really getting to the root cause, and he's helping us learn new um, behavior patterns, actually solve the problem and maintain the results. So if you haven't talked to Ryan, you probably should. (laughs) Everybody should, because even with fitness, he can help you do a fitness form that works for you that your body actually needs and that you can sustain. So thank you. I love what you do. Jeez, you have a better introduction. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you. And Elizabeth. I'm Elizabeth Misservi. I am a life coach and certified sign language instructor. Uh, I, I messed that totally up because after I said life coach, I was like, actually, I'm certified as a life coach right now. So I'm a certified life coach and sign language interpreter. And um my specialty is creating joy in your life. So especially for young parents where you might be frustrated or feel overwhelmed, I'm really good at empowering you to live like you love and enjoy your life while being a parent. That's what I love doing. Um, I'm going to let you. What the perception is. Oh, is okay? Can you do that? Sure, yeah. So. My name's Adam. Okay, so Adam's awesome. Um, he is a coach and he's I would call you an accomplishment coach. Mm-hmm. He has to really take people where they want to go, especially inside of their businesses and health, um, and actually get them there with milestones or I call it baby steps that actually work for them. It's like mm-hmm. at a pace that's sustainable mm-hmm. and isn't overwhelming. Um, and you also do marketing. So you help businesses learn how to market themselves, yeah. get up and running, you know, and not get caught up on all of the technical. Like if technical stuff is stopping you, you should talk to Adam because he can get your website up. He can get all the different marketing platforms up and running so that you can move forward. So don't get stopped by that conversation. Call Adam. Great. There you go. So thank you guys for listening and watching the Mastermind in Your Pocket show where we bring experts to you to answer your problems and challenges and any questions that you have. 
Make sure you listen and watch for our show at 11.30 next Tuesday, which will be about... Do we discuss it? Oh, we're going to discuss it after. We'll let you know what it will it'll be about. Anxiety and depression. Oh, yeah. Anxiety and depression. Yeah. 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 Great. Thank you guys for watching and listening. See you later. Thanks. Bye.